You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the On Enquirer podcast, Jeremy Warner, Derek Pfeiffer, United Center in Chicago, where we are a one and done because Illinois basketball is a one and done because Penn State is just an awful, awful matchup for Illinois. Third straight win for Penn State in this series this season. They go for 70 plus for a third time against Illinois this season. As uh, Penn State downs Illinois 79-76, Derek Pfeiffer will dive into Illinois in March. One and two so far, not built for March so far, and uh, a terrible, terrible matchup. So first thoughts for Derek Piper on yet another loss from Penn, to Penn State. Not playing their best basketball, as Brad Underwood said after Purdue. I pushed back on that, and we, we kind of raised your eyebrows when you heard it on Sunday, and now you come turn around and play against Penn State. And, um, yeah, this team's not trending like a team that's playing um, – Worthy of going on a run in March, and we've kind of had that feeling. And at this point in the season, it's more about who you are than who you can be. Not to say they can't channel what's been uh, some wild comebacks. I think you start to think about if one of those improbable comebacks against UCLA or Texas doesn't happen, then we might be having a sweaty selection Sunday, if not knowing they aren't making it. But, uh, of course, they've also had some close ones that they haven't finished off because of poor late-game offensive execution. Iowa, Indiana, Purdue had this one of the lists because it's a tie ball game late. Penn State goes on a 17-4 run, and uh, that was it. That was all she wrote. So, uh, it is a bad matchup. Penn State's extremely tough to cover offensively. Like Jalen Pickett is a stud. They have a bunch of shooters. I just look at Illinois, though, with a bigger lineup, both in the perimeter, where you, you would think one-on-one matchup-wise, that's about as good as you could ask for, like a Ty Rogers, Terrence Shannon on a Jalen Pickett. Uh, I think that's as, as good as you could have hoped for. And then for a team that we talk about as being pretty darn athletic, Penn State can really drive them off the bounce, drive them, break them down, spray the shooters. They went right by them a lot, and Penn State just had Illinois' number all, all year long, and, and tonight was no different. Yeah, we're thinking this team could be built for March. Like we, we did, right, at certain points this season because they're longer, they're more athletic, they have some dudes that can go off every once in a while. Uh, Matthew Meyer did not tonight, 3 of 11 field goal. Uh, he's had two poor shooting games in a row and for a team that can't shoot that that's a problem 
uh, come March. I think this team can defend at times, uh, but they have some holes that, that uh, a coach like Micah Shrewsbury really, really exploits, and he did it yet again today. I think Penn State looks like the team that is built for March. I would not want to get that if they're a double-digit seed. Like, uh, I think Penn State probably hopes they're a 10 seed at this point because it's a team I think every Illinois fan will probably have in the Sweet 16 as, as an upset based on what we've seen, but they have shooting. They have a star guard in Jalen Pickett. And, Derek, I thought Illinois had some – like we can criticize Brad Underwood, we will at some point here. Uh, but going into your post, I thought that was really smart because that's where you can exploit them. Dane Danger got a lot of looks at the basket, didn't make enough of them. Coleman Hawkins was phenomenal tonight. He really took advantage of that. Uh, but when you can't shoot and you don't have a great league guard, that's not a recipe for success in March. And I think losing six of the last 10 games, that's been a big part of this. Is This offense, I know they shot 59% in the second half, but they just do not make shots consistently from enough areas, and especially for me, the lead guard spot to be a team I can believe in uh, come the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that in this game was the best that Illinois did exploiting Penn State's lack of size down low. And they, like you said, I mean, Dane Dane just started one for his first six, but they are feeding him at the rim. He was just missing some, t- some shots there that were contested, but ones that he should make and uh, had a really poor first half. I wondered how Brad would approach that. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that Brad's going to continue to roll with Danger. I thought that this would be a, uh, a game that made a lot of sense to go away from Dane in the starting lineup. He didn't. Uh, then he struggled in the first half, went back to him in the second. That did pay off because Dane really got going there. Coleman was more aggressive and assertive than I've seen him all year, or really ever, as far as his back downs and his ability to score through contact in the paint. And he was huge. He was able to power Illinois' offense for a while on a night when Meyer didn't have it going. Um, Shannon, I thought, would get to the rim a little bit more. And on the note of the late-game execution, it's just not having your star guys be able to take over enough, have Meyer be way too reliant on pull-up jumpers. And then Shannon, at times, just kind of is a little too quiet. And, yeah, that's the lead guard spot for guys that can make other people better. Shannon's not a, a pure point guard, even though he's had the ball put in his hands a lot this season when you don't have that playmaker to break things down. And then also, like, you watch Penn State's offense, and so much is, like, dictated by what Shrewsbury dials up. They run a ton of sets. Illinois was not running, has not all year, for the most part, run very many sets. They try to rely on their flow offense. They're playing the spread tonight. And things just bogged down for them offensively in the half court. They didn't have a, a counter. They couldn't get the looks they wanted. And, again, it, it does, I think, come back to – a point guard, uh, which in March we see it all the time, uh, a veteran point guard that can elevate not only his team, but uh, himself in key moments. And Illinois doesn't have that. Yeah. And that's, that's a, a Brad problem, right? Uh, one of our big concerns about what could hold this talented team back is not only inexperience and, and all these new pieces, but it's the lack of a veteran guard. Now you couldn't predict Sky Clark would be gone after two months. But you could predict, and you can't predict the Jaden Epps concussion, right? But you could predict that Sincere Harris wasn't a point guard. You could predict that Jaden Epps really wasn't a point guard. Uh, he's more of a scoring guard, kind of guy you want off your bench. Uh, and that Terrence Shannon was not a point guard. He really wasn't a, a high usage guard, right? So that's a roster construction issue. Um, but obviously, Derek, you see a roster at Penn State, even though it's undersized, 
that offense is a work of art and, and the way Shrewsbury dials it up, you can see a difference. Like I was on the score this morning and they were asking about how Brad Underwood, you know, has evolved as a coach. I, and I said, he's, he's a pretty good coach. He's proven that four straight years of the NCAA tournament, four straight years of 20 wins, four straight years of having the most wins in the big 10, right. But our big 10 wins over the last four years, but Shrewsbury is an elite X's and O's drawn up coach, and, and he has shown that in three games against Illinois. Yeah, uh, and it helps with their roster construction because they've really been able yeah. to double down on knowing they don't have a lot of size. So what are you going to do to be different? You're going to play small ball. You're going to have a bunch of shooters. Then you're going to get kind of this unorthodox old-school point guard who's going to play some quote-unquote booty ball, as Browder would like to call it on the back down game, but also – uh, someone that, you know, in the pick and roll is really good and, and from three. And Shrews just they, – they do a great job of running shooters off of screens. They have a lot of deception in that you think they're trying to run something and then, like, a screener is going to then come off of an action where you're like, okay, this guy's setting a screen for, for someone in the corner. And instead, the guy who looks like he's screening is coming up on a, on a pin down for, like, a, an elevator screen. Like, Funk got open looks on that time and time again, and it's – it's hard to guard, but man, still, Illinois could use an Andrew Funk too. Yeah, <laughs> he's a knockdown shooter. Well, yeah, I mean, not only as you look in the portal, but kind of big picture, a guy like a Cole Serta, if he could be an Andrew Funk, if he could be a Peyton Sanford, if he could be a Sean McNeil, you could take one of those guys. You'd probably use a couple of those guys because Illinois chalk up another game where Illinois shot below thirty percent from three, just really limited from beyond the arc. And that clearly hurts you when you can, as a defense, bog down in the paint. I, I just think, though, yeah, that is something to point to because I, I wrote about it earlier in the week. While slow starts have probably been the most talked about issue for this team, and for good reason, the late game stuff for Illinois has really been concerning. I don't think they have a, a big identity as far as what they want to do offensively late, or at least in terms of effectively being able to run it. And it's on Brad to be able to dial up some plays to get his guys – good looks. I thought Shrews did that throughout the night and I didn't think I don't think that's been there for Illinois. Of course it's easier when you have a point guard to run that yeah. through, but that's that is worthy of of kind of analyzing. I asked Brad about it after the game and I don't know, he said they had to be better but he was more concerned about his defense. Which was interesting. Um Dimitri McCamey with a little fire said uh, I quote tweeted Brad, the line I Brad Underwood on NCAA tournament this team can go as long and as far as we want to be Listen, I think a coach has to say those things because um, mm -hmm. his team pays attention to these things. But Demetri said, not with the effort they showed tonight, not with that weak-ass offense, very upsetting watching no ball handler or somebody create a shot. I think he hits on both these things that we're talking about, Derek. The lack uh -huh. of somebody like a Demetri McCain even create a shot. Demetri had a little picket to his game, maybe not as yeah. – uh, I don't even want to say. I, I mean, Demetri was unbelievable. Um is a distributor, led the assist, Big Ten in assists, one year, really good scorer. Had some picket to his game. They could use a player like that. Um, and also that I, I think you're right, like just the lack of structure in the offense late in games, Derek, because you see what Penn State's running, and it's so structured. And they see what Illinois is running, and it's like, what are they? Yeah. Oh, they went into the year without any structure. They went in with this five-out offense that was all about read and react and Again, I, I understand if you're playing with guys that have a bunch of skill and, of course, they anticipate they have a lot more shot making, but you did rely on guys that weren't pure point guards, even when 
Jaden Epps is in that mix. Uh, even Sky Clark, when healthy, is more of a scoring guard than a, maybe a facilitating point. At least that's kind of how he was profiled coming up. But there was a big risk in leaning heavily on him because of the ACL and what he was coming off of and had missed a lot of time. And while they ultimately felt like they got him to a point of, of being healthy enough, obviously he struggled and and then ended up leaving the, the program. So uh, that hurt them. Uh, Decisions on whether to go after or really go all in on getting like a Courtney Ramey. Um, they didn't want to upset one of those freshmen. Again, like Arizona was pretty serious about him. That's not to say they would have got him, but that went through the decision-making process of how do we navigate keeping guys happy and at the same time trying to address the point guard. They thought they could get by with some playmakers in different spots at the big wing spots. Of course, that's put Illinois in a position to play a lot of ISO ball, which – makes the other guys in the court pretty stagnant and you rely on a lot of tough off the dribble jumpers, which I think when you got to, if you, you talk about like the Celtics model, when you got Jason Tatum taking those shots, I'm pretty good with that. Um, it's harder for college guys to make that with the same kind of efficiency, but uh, yeah, I mean, Dimitri makes a good point. I think that offensively they could really use obviously someone like him. And, and while, yeah, we talk about Penn state being a tough matchup, you, you'd think that, no one can play Ty Rogers at the one or play Shannon on as like the, the matchup on him. Like what more do you want in terms of a physical build against Pickett? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's a great player. He's very crafty. He spin moves. He shot fakes. He does all this stuff. But for a team that has a lot of positional size and athleticism, I don't know what more you're supposed to want to have. All right. Um, I think this game was determined in the first half. Derek, as, as we kind of hindsight this, Dane Danger got so many good looks at the rim. Started one for six in the game. Like, I, I love their approach. They got the ball inside. Brethren wanted to get the ball inside more. It's not a three-point shooting team or a good one. Uh, they like to shoot threes, but not a very good one. And they got the ball inside. Dane Danger was not able to, to finish those. Um, and I thought the stat of the game is Illinois 16 for 28 on layups or, you know, close at the rim shots. And – that's the game for me, is that. I mean, 8 for 21 for Penn State is Illinois kind of holding them under 40% from three. Jalen Pickett, 4 of 10, 12 points. He almost had a triple-double. Is that good? But I liked their plan. Penn State did not get a lot of threes until the second half, and Andrew Funk went off. But I, I thought that was a big part of the game, and then Danger was at the center of the other one. He's starting to go off in the second half. Listen, I questioned Brad Underwood starting Danger to start the second half, but Danger was fantastic to start the half. But inadvertently, but in a celebration, headbutts, um, Miles Dread, right? And yep. that's a flagrant foul. And you knew a run was coming after that. Illinois is making this run 46 to 40. And then all of a sudden, the Danger's making free throws. You're like, oh, Illinois is turning. I'm starting to think about my lead for Illinois winning a game, Derek, for my quick hits. And But you knew once Funk hit his two free throws, that's the start of a run because it's so predictable in college. When something like that happens, Penn State goes on seven or runs. It's a different game. Fantastic game after that until you know, Illinois just couldn't score uh, at that eight win mark. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. Where it obviously was inadvertent and something that Dane had had no idea that Dread was there and no ill intent, obviously. But uh, I understand calling the tech, watching the replay on on Twitter. I I, I totally get it. Uh, I don't think you're you're judging the tech by intent at that point. It's just hard contact to the head, and you wish. It was just unfortunate, but 
Yeah, as far as Illinois' game plan against Pickett, I was wondering if they could get the ball out of his hands, make some other guys beat you without, you know, leaving Funk, without leaving uh, Lundy. Lundy played really well. I thought while Pickett struggled to get going there in that first half and, and didn't force the issue too much, but it just wasn't there for him. Lundy carried them. Lundy was was awesome. Winter, too. Winter, yeah, yeah good point. Winter who had been huge for them in the last five games. Lundy's probably one of the more underrated guys in the Big Ten. Like, he's on paper had super efficient year, second in the Big Ten in three-point shooting. He's just physical and athletic. But in the second half, I thought Illinois did a pretty good job with d- doubling Pickett or at least showing two at him and then recovering for the most part pretty well. But they made some errors in that when they, you know, Ty Rogers one time helped from the short side corner and kicked it out and Lundy hits a three or – you get caught in rotation and one extra pass, and Funk gets that three-two. And I mean, they're they're eight and two against Big Ten teams, and Funk gets at least four threes. Gets five tonight, and the uh, rest is history. Yeah, and Derek, I think this team, with its shot making struggles, is so dependent on Matthew Meyer. They're they're so dependent. In the last two games, Matthew Meyer is now one for fifteen from three. Um, they can't win games. They can't win a game next week if Matthew Myers not going to make some threes and be efficient. Kudos to him, got on the glass early, um, but they are so reliant on him to make shots and to make some tough shots. And, and again, that's why it's tough to, to buy in. And anything else from this particular game, Derek, that you want to hit on before we dive into what we think about this team going into the NCAA tournament? Um, it was good that Jaden was able to get it back on the court. Obviously, didn't show a whole lot. He airballed his three. Um, I think defensively they tried to get him – as soon as he was on the court, they tried to get him in switches to, to guard Pickett. So uh, this has always been a tough matchup for – you go back to December and, you know, Pickett, Torch, uh, Sky. Sky, and Jaden. So uh, the fact that, you know, we what we heard about Jaden's injury and how scary of a situation it was, the fact that he's able to suit up and at least get back into a game bodes well for Illinois – uh, going into tournament time, you feel good for Jaden, uh, at least the opportunity to, to play this out. But uh, I think that's important and hopefully get him feeling fully healthy before the tournament. And they need it. They need him back in that lineup going downhill. And while he's he's not that spread around, dime, dime guys up type of guy, he's another scoring option that can help you in, in spurts at the very least. Yeah, even if it's not like – what Cameron Winter's doing right now, if it could be what Kanye Clary did for, for Penn State with a couple of his drives to the basket. The other thing I want to mention is I think Coleman Hawkins is in the best stretch of his career right now, uh, the last few games. And I thought he was really good defensively today, but just aggressive offensively, the willingness to post up. I know it's a, a matchup he's not going to get very often against Jalen Pickett, a guy who's six foot four, six three, mm-hmm. compared to his 6'10", 6'11". But his aggressiveness offensively is, is something I like to see because I think he's got that in his game, and I think this team needs it. Um, I think he can be better inside the arc scoring than he certainly was today. Yeah, for sure. And when he has had even some matchups against guys that aren't as, as big as him, he's maybe not been as assertive inside the paint. And, and even when he's got – you know, I mean, he's 6'11", he's got a long wingspan, he's a good athlete. I, I've liked whenever I've seen him be – aggressive around the basket and uh, he took advantage of Penn State playing small ball and you know their bigs were in foul trouble and that was great and uh, defensively yeah I mean coming off what he did against Edie 
uh, some moments against Dickinson, obviously, you know, late in the regulation to really challenge that final shot, which could have beat Illinois. But um, Coleman is, if he can, I, and I don't think he's, he's not forcing the three right now. So I, I don't have an, an issue with that. If, if that's not part of his game, it's something that you know, he's he's trusting terribly much. Um, I'm fine with it. I think that, yeah, Coleman's turning in a good direction and they'll need him. They'll need him going into the tournament because even just 10 to 12 points out of him is is really key for a team that can really struggle scoring. Uh, one other note, I think, as you look at it, for Illinois to get out-rebounded, and they gave up 10 offensive rebounds on a night when you know, Penn State shot better than 50% from three, that's that's tough. How many of those were Lundy? felt like he had so many put-back buckets. He had three of them. felt like all of those turned into points. Yeah. <laughs> because if he missed one or somebody else missed one, it feels like he was always there um, for the offensive rebound. So I thought I thought he was fantastic on the best. Two of them. Two of them were for big buckets. They had, uh, they had some big ones there. Where Illinois felt like they did good in transition but just couldn't get the board. So, yeah, that was a big point. So. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Derek. NCAA tournament is next week. Um, so I heard. People are, people are that excited about it around here. Yeah. I. Why would you believe? They've lost 6 of 10. They haven't won a quad one game since Texas yep. in December. This is Three not months ago. Like an NCAA, yeah, this has not looked like an NCAA tournament really since then. Right, I mean, they have not. They don't have the resume since those games of an NCAA tournament team. If they lose, as you said, one of those UCLA or Texas games, are they on the bubble? Like, I think we'd be having the bubble conversation at this point. So, those are doing a lot of heavy lifting, and that's why it's you're going in this tournament not feeling great. Like, it's closer to a one and done than potential to to get to the second weekend. But there's always the enticing thing of well, if Meyer and Shannon play well in the same game. It just we haven't seen that very much. No, we haven't. Um, I thought they played pretty decent against Michigan, and if you can get kind of that version of Illinois, that team can can be a tough out. But then again, Michigan's second playing half Purdue. Yeah, yeah, Michigan's playing in the NIT for a reason. Yeah, second half Purdue. That's that's been you know second half Northwestern. That's been the enticing part of it. But even just we haven't seen a full forty minutes out of Illinois in a long time. It, this is. Another game they trailed at halftime. I know they didn't trail by double digits, but it's like the fifth in the last eight that they've been down at half. It's just they have slow starts. They can't shoot the three. They have 
lead guard issues. Defensively, they're not the type of team that we thought maybe going back to January into February. At least the analytics say that they haven't been dominant at that end. Uh, and I, I wrote about it, what Bart Torvik has on the efficiency numbers. Like since February 1st, Illinois has been like 80th in the country overall. And you look at offensively in the 80s, defensively actually worse than offense. I know you face some good offensive teams like Indiana, like Purdue, Penn State, obviously. But, yeah, this does not look like a team that is going to make some noise. Uh, can they do it? We've we've seen enough of a sample size, but it's been a long time. It's been a long time since UCLA. It's been a long time since Texas. They didn't come away with a win that really resonates a whole lot in the Big Ten play. I think if, you know, if Michigan State makes a little bit of noise here, that will elevate to a quad one, but – I get it why you don't have a whole lot of excitement, but it's the tournament. Anything can happen. And I know that people are probably tired of hearing about it and there's no logic behind this, but wouldn't it be funny if this is the year where there's zero expectation that they pop up and make that sweet 16, but um, I'm not bullish at all. I've, I've been trending that way the last couple of weeks. And after tonight, I'm even more on that side. No, I, I'm with you. Um, no one can come on here with a straight face and say, yeah, I'm still buying this team. Like, it is a sweet 16. Now, I'm not going to come out here and say it absolutely cannot happen. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to come out there and say that because that gets clipped up and whatever they go on the sweet 16. With. But no, like, you don't have faith, and you shouldn't have faith based on what we've seen. Um, they're capable of putting stretches together during a game that look like they could do it, and but it's not consistent and that's what Brad Underwood said. We, we have to try and find consistency. Trying to find consistency on March 9th, that's not a really, really good sign. I'm nervous to go through these comments. We'll get through it together. We can do this. Okay. All right. We will take some of your comments. We'll see how long we do this because I feel like it's going to be pretty, pretty heated. Uh, Fett says the lack of leadership and the consistent point guard is the greatest flaw of this team. Most frustrating team in the last 15 years because of the talent level. I don't disagree with that. I've mentioned leadership over and over again with this team. And I think point guard has something to do with that. I think Shannon and Hawkins have some things they'd like to do, or they have these little flashes of leadership. Um, I think I think Ty Rogers eventually is going to be a great leader, but he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, Goody is a leader, but he's a role player, right? So it's hard for those guys to, to be leaders at this point. Yeah, this is going to be a very – has been a very interesting case study of when you try to find your most proven veteran guys in the portal and you don't have as much continuity coming back. Some of that was not necessarily controllable when you just felt fortunate to get another year out of Trent Frazier, another year out of DeMonte, another year out of Kofi who was thinking about going to the draft. And um, when they – those guys – Would still be here if Trent Frazier would have come from <laughs> – Oh boy, we got to get the there. we got to get the uh, our pods. I had to get the in. pods. I had to get yeah. the pods referencing. Man, um, I don't know. I don't know what he would be doing, but um, yeah, like we've talked all about it with the the point guard play. It was a gamble going in. We we talked about it throughout the summer. It was like the number one thing that came up for us was you did the three a, concerns. I think it was the number one concern. It was the gamble with the young point guards. And knowing the issues with Sky, and it, it's been something that's played out. I don't, I don't necessarily know that it's been Illinois' 
it's obviously not their only downfall, but it's it's part of it. It, it factors into the equation, and um, and then leadership wise, yeah, that, it's just been an interesting, sometimes wonky, sometimes the vibe is off with uh, the chemistry, and I don't know when they continue to come out a little lackluster when they can't, you know, execute late. When you hear Brad say stuff like. We can't – it's the last game of the regular season, and he goes, you know, we didn't run the play I drew up going into this game. Like, and this isn't just because yeah. you got young guys. I mean, how many games have Meyer, Shannon, and Hawkins played in? Not Maybe not all together, but even that's, that's an excuse is out the window, the though. But, yeah, I, know, I, but I think I think that right. is a huge thing, that they haven't been through these battles with these guys. I mean, Hawkins went through some battles at the end of last year. Um, right. But they haven't done it together. And think of how many Trent Frazier went through – if yeah. Io Desumu and Andres Felice by his side, you know what I mean? Yeah. That matters. I think we're seeing how much veterans and continuity matters with mm-hmm. Northwestern, Michigan State, this Penn State team, similar. Right. And maybe going forward, you wonder how much you gear up for trying to add multi year transfers if you're going to do that versus the one year rental and trying to recycle like. Take a I think we had a whole podcast of what we learned yeah. about roster building this year. Yeah. Because um, I, I agree with that. I agree with – I think retention is so important. I, I think retaining talent and retaining guys that have been in your system is really important. That's why I think Illinois football keeping guys is more important than adding some highlight transfers because I've seen the Nebraska football thing go awry. I've seen – the Ohio State basketball thing go awry for most of the season until the Big Ten tournament. Um, I, I think retaining talent is incredibly important. Doesn't mean you don't go to the transfer portal. You still go get those guys. But yeah, that, that's a yeah. that's a whole other podcast, probably. Right, I know, and I don't want to spend too much you time. Go, on it. go for it. Yeah. But I will say that, like, I know a lot of people like to point to Pods as the example, but look at Adam Miller. Like, could you have done anything different with Adam Miller? No, but imagine if Adam Miller were here. Like, if he, I, I don't, I don't blame Illinois at all. For not retaining him. Yeah. Like that was Adam wanted to go. Potts wanted to go. Andre Cabo. Um Andre Cabo wanted to go. And that was probably for the best for everybody, obviously. But if Adam Miller would been on last year's team, they're a little bit different. Adam Miller's on this year's team. I know he's not efficient. I know the injury happened, but yeah. I thought he was gonna be a great player um for Illinois. And I think that is, is so important. It's so difficult. Like I don't think Underwood did anything wrong really with those situations. Adam Miller wanted something different. People around him wanted something different. And Brandon Pajemski wanted to be guaranteed a, a high usage role. And Illinois couldn't do it. Couldn't promise him that. And he made the best decision for himself. And has been unbelievable. So uh, kudos yep. to those guys. But that's why I'm not – like people want to run off people on this roster. Like I, I want RJ Melendez back. I want all these freshmen back. I want Dane Danger. I, I, I want all these guys that can build on this. And then you add some pieces that – you know, make those guys stronger as you get yep. Coleman Hawkins back too. Please. Might as well try. Have the conversations with Coleman and Shannon. Uh, NJ Alina, can you line us up to a 10 or even an 11 seed? Uh, our guy Brad Evans on his bracket big board has them as the first nine seed. So, unfortunately for Illinois, I do not see them slipping to a 10 seed, Derek. But with the NCAA tournament committee, you never know. So, maybe they'll do him a favor and give him a 10 seed. There used to be like kind of a recency bias, like the snapshot of your last 10 games or whatever used to maybe wait a little bit more than your full resume. That's no longer the case. It's all scored the same. But, yeah, you, you never know what's really being discussed there inside of uh, that room. 
Uh, the quad one issue is, is going to be something that comes up with Illinois, but this is another loss that kills you. It is a quad two, but yeah, probably on that nine seed. And really it's the worst place to be because you're going to play at an eight seed that's better than you by a little bit. And then you're going to have to play a one seed if you win that game. Yeah. Our boy Dominic's been down for a while. He said, just say it. Brad got out coached. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> Micah Shrewsbury has owned him uh, yeah. this year. So I, I think Shrews is the best. I mean, it's not, not a surprise, um, but Shrewsbury and Painter, for me, are the top X's and O's coach in the league. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I, I think – I mean, just think X's and O's. I think those guys are as good as it gets. I would say so. Fran's teams are pretty good offensively. I don't know that it's necessarily just um, – it's different with, with this Penn State team because they're – they're same with Purdue, and that's the coaching tree that Shrewsbury comes from. It's very half-court oriented. It's a lot of yeah. sets, and it's uh, they, they run some really good actions, and it's very much a – look to the sideline and and sometimes you, you put the onus on the point guard to call the play, but um, they run really good stuff. Illinois is more of kind of that motion flow and hasn't worked enough. They have not been a very effective offensive team late in game. It hasn't worked. And I think that Brad has to take some ownership for that. I, I think that the game plan, as far as let's exploit them more inside this game, the let's great. send some extra help at picket. Those really, they worked, but I wasn't all that panicked, Derek, in the first half because I thought the idea of what they were doing was working. Penn State was taking tough twos for the most part, and Illinois got close twos. They just weren't making them. Like you got to yeah. make those shots. So if this is the rag I'm Brad in with. I thought that was a great game plan that was not executed very well by the players. Now, I think there's some recruiting things that that showed up today. Um, and there's late game stuff, as you mentioned, but I'm not going to make this a Brad Underwood is not a good coach. Brad Underwood's a very good coach. He, he has shown that. Um, I do think Shrewsbury, offensively, I should say, is a phenomenal X's nose coach because yes. what they draw up is it's hard to beat, man. When you got a guy like Jalen Pickett that can spray it all those shooters, I know Brad kind of bemoaned the booty ball. And Shrewsbury brought up a good point. They did it to us, too. Coleman Hawkins and Tane Danger were doing booty ball. We just did it with a point guard. So it's, I guess Illinois has been playing answer. booty ball with Kofi for three years, man. I mean, what do you do with it? How do you defend it? Yeah. Zach Eady does it. Yeah, right. All right. Um, let's see. Somebody said there, oh, the Underwood post games, Matthew said, are getting on my nerves. Derek, that's what happens when you lose. And he has to try and explain yeah. losses. That's what happens. You get tired of press, press conferences. Yeah, and he's he's got to try to keep the vibes high. Did he fully believe that – they were playing their best basketball after Purdue. Probably not. Probably Who's not. Who's he talking to, Derek? You know who he's talking to? His players. He, I think he wants to plant the seed. He wants to. He's tried to build them up. He, look, Brad has had a very tough job of trying to psychoanalyze this team and try to approach them from different ways. I mean, look at the first time they played Purdue and you did the fart noise and you call them out. And then he's had to, you know, try to build them up and maybe even say some things that. He didn't necessarily believe, but he was trying to, to will into existence with some sticking confident with RJ and, and you know, handling Matt the way he has. There's been a lot there for Brad to deal with. I don't necessarily know. I mean, that's, that's what coaches do. There's coach speak for a reason. They don't necessarily mean everything they say up there. Um, sometimes 
you know, we get frustrated because we don't get the answers that we wanted or necessarily think that they're, they're really answering your question. Um, but that, that is what it is. Yeah. Um, William Starn, somewhere Sunday night, a coach of the number one seed is going to desperately start fearing Illinois, according to Illini media. Oh, I love with the lashing out at the media. That's right. Listen, of the nine seeds, West Virginia, Auburn, Memphis. Yeah, Illinois I wouldn't love. <laughs> but uh, Arkansas is an eight seed. They're really talented. Iowa can light it up offensively. Listen, all those eight and nine seeds are at a disadvantage against one seeds. So. Yeah, I think that it's fair to look at Illinois and say they've beaten teams of the number one seed caliber. So maybe – And threatened been, against yeah, Purdue. That's, that's, yeah, you know, Matt Painter threw a, a nice little compliment saying, you know, when they get it going, they're as good as anybody in the country. Are they really actually – I don't know. For those couple be, minutes. Yeah, right. Um, no, we haven't even been sitting here and saying that one seed's shaking in their boots. It's just that Illinois has the upside when they're playing their best basketball to, to give them some issues, and they've beaten teams like Texas and UCLA that are in a category that is of that caliber now. Again, we've – Said it tonight, and it's not the first time. It's been a long time since you beat Texas and UCLA. Just if you looked at the snapshot of the last 10 games and you do the eye test of Illinois out here tonight, no, this team doesn't look like they're they're going anywhere beyond the first weekend. And um, they'll have to prove people wrong. Uh, Ross said, I can't keep raining, fellas. The loss is really festering with me. I think they're going to the tournament. Um, Yes, and it's not a team I think people are going to like. I don't think it's a team, Derek, unless they make a Sweet 16 run and surprise all of us here and, and make us forget about all the frustration. That's what this whole season was about. If they go one and done, I think people are going to be – this will be a really frustrating – go down as a really frustrating team. If they get to the Sweet 16, everyone's going to be like, oh, I love that team, right? I love that, that weekend. That was really cool. But it's just hard to buy into this. So, yeah, I think – if this is uh, the frustrating team of the Brad Underwood's era, then, hey, that's not the worst thing in the world, but the, the wonder is what happens after it. And uh, I don't right. want to get too far into that, but that's that's the unknown. That's, I think that's why people are a little nervous is, you know, if this was a one, uh, whatever, rebuild year, but you lose some of your best players, you could lose three of your best players, and you never know what the transfer goes. So that, that's why I think there's – probably a little bit more nervousness than there would in a quote-unquote down, frustrating mode. Yeah, this offseason was a transition year, and you tried to reload instead of rebuild, put some talent together. It took a, a long time to – well, really early, it looked like it wasn't going to take as long to really mesh and come together. We saw the highs early, and then some roller coaster like performance the rest of the way. And, I fully thought that down the stretch of this, I didn't, I didn't think early Illinois would have the marquee arrival moments that they had. And I thought late that they would be far more cohesive, um, steady, and having more identity. And, and we have seen some growth from some young guys. I think that's something that fans can be encouraged by as they go big picture on it. But thinking that you know, you're going to lose your top players in Meyer, likely Shannon, good chance Hawkins, and then you never know what happens transfer portal wise. You're you're kind of cycling it over again, and that goes back to like, okay, how do you build it this time? Do you try to just go out and get the best couple of one year rentals as you can, or how do you how do you balance that? And um, 
can and you get some leadership. You know, if you lose those bets, what does that look like going forward? And it, let's be honest, it, it just further the underlying part of it is the the further sting of Loyola. Like, that's it. Because you had it, you had it all. It was all there. You're peeking at the. Right that's time. all. That's the entire the entire pressure of this season of last season. No, last season yeah. we got the Big Ten championship. Felt so good. I told people, enjoy yeah. this. This is huge. Uh, but then you go, almost lose the first round, lose the second round, and that made more pressure on this season than there probably should have been. But until Illinois gets that taste of success, I under, I understand it. It's natural. Yep. And um, as far as Brad, also like the, the narrative of we're built for March, and I know people are laughing at that now, and I, I get it. Like. But as far as the, I don't think it's any kind of like unique. He was, you know, going galaxy brain of, oh, well, long athletic players are going to be the key for us. We haven't had that here recently. But I think as far as the roster build is also something that's going to be interesting because shooting has been a huge downfall for this team. You need more shooting to have an effective offense to play against the Penn State or just be more consistent offensively. And, and that's the 2023 gotta, class. The 2023 class does not address it. Doesn't have it, no. And 24 to this point, which just has Merez, doesn't either. So, uh, I don't know. we got a big pod coming up. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. Of uh, Jameson, I think Brad is fine, guys. You can't overreact to losing course games. Course games are inherently lucky. I'll say this. I think again, I think Brad Underwood's a pretty dang good coach. I think he's proven that. Um, yeah, losing close games can be some luck there, but I think you've hit it. There's, there's skill to, to winning close games, too. The trend is too clear for this team. We're it's at Iowa. It's tied with two and a half to go. They don't make a shot the rest of the way. It's Indiana. They're up two, minute and a half. Get outscored six to one. It's Purdue. It's tied. Matthew Meyer takes a bad three, and they just have not been able to execute good offense late for a team that has some shot makers like Shannon and Meyer. Now, they haven't been in those situations where you know, Texas Tech wasn't dialing up, let's go Shannon ISO or let's go run something for Shannon to, to win us the game. Same with you know Matthew Meyer at Baylor. He was a supporting cast member coming off the bench in the national title team, and last year wasn't their focal point. So those guys are in different roles. I just don't see Illinois running the best of, of actions and then also having a guy that can just break it down and go get one. I mean, how many times it, it wasn't complicated what Illinois was doing with IO, just put him in a ball screen, let him make a read, let him go make a play. The dude had, it was clutch. He was, if you uh, played to the drive, you hit the pull up, you sat tight on him, you go by you. And uh, same last year, you know, Trent hit some tough pull up threes and, and clutch moments. Kofi was tough to stop, even when you knew it was coming. This team has a hard time executing down the stretch, and that's I think that's beyond luck. I think that's just the trend of what this team is. Uh, Toby, how many zero sugar orange drinks? Sunkissed. This is this is number four. Uh, so one night here, got my fill there. Four deep. I got to drive home though, so need to get a couple waters. <laughs> Don't want to be overserved. Uh, I've been going with the diet diet Dr. Peppers. Um, Joey and I have been it's here. Like one of the worst, worst, one of the worst uh, diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My number one would be Diet Mountain Dew. 
the diets. I like the zeros. I prefer the zero sugar, Dr. Pepper, zero sugar, Coke. I'm usually heavy on the Diet Coke. I, I set the personal record. I think I drank a six-pack in Maryland. Uh, that was a 9 p.m. local tip. Um, Did you get caffeine poisoning? I, uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I did get out of bed the next morning and go watch Monty Hansberry. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just happy to be able to drink some soda while I watch basketball. You know, Purdue is like, no, no soda out of the media room. Katie right. Court is a sacred place. You only drink water out there. Yeah. Here you just got to pour it into a cup because you can't have any logos out there for any Big Ten tournament sponsor. Yeah, they take their off. pocket knives out. Like, hey, can I see your water real quick? And they cut the label off. Weird stuff. Yeah. Um, man, speaking of Diet Coke. Bruce Weber loves Diet Coke. St. Dominic. Bruce Weber doesn't look so bad now. Illinois basketball has been terrible since he left. What? What are we doing? Um, okay. Dominic's been been going off the deep end for a while about this team. But, uh, yeah, go, go back, look at that track record. You're going to miss a tournament every other year. The arrow from 05 is down. And um, Love Bruce Person. Even – yeah, I mean, even McCain. Talk about roster. Of, talk about roster building. Oh yeah, recruiting matters. Brad Underwood. Brad Underwood came through. Oh, the consistency in recruiting for Brad. The the level of talent that Brad's been able to accrue. It's it's not even close. I know the transfer portal changes the game, uh, but even before that, like the Iowa's, the Kofi's, uh, that, that's been totally different than what we're seeing under Bruce. With some classes that might just have like Ibby Jim Day or. Uh, Stan Simpson, um, too many of those. Stan Simpson over Lewis Jackson. <laughs> I know we can, we can do many of those. All right, that's going to wrap it up. I think we got enough of the uh, the doom and gloom, but the NCAA tournament will happen. Selection Sunday is uh, on Sunday. So, Derek, if they are a nine seed, which eight seed would you want to see on Brad Evans' bracket big board? Arkansas, Missouri. <laughs> Or Florida Atlanta, because you wouldn't get out. Florida Atlanta. <laughs> I haven't watched a minute of Florida Atlantic, so, um, yeah. I guess I'd have to go with them. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to the Inquirer podcast. Um, hopefully you were able to commiserate a little bit. Can't be excited. Hard to be excited about this team right now, but the beauty of March Madness is you can have a team like UCLA or North Carolina the last couple of years been struggling going in the tournament and they can go on a run. Will it be Illinois? Wait till next week to find out. We'll talk about it here on the Illinois Enquirer podcast. And hey, check it uh check out our interview with Aaron Henry, Illinois defensive coordinator. I saw some people asking when Illinois football spring uh, football starts. So uh, check out that with Aaron Henry. That'll get you pumped up about a program that's doing really, really well right now. And uh, NFL Pro Day is tomorrow. So we'll be down there in Champaign to cover that. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody, take care of each other. Have a great night. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Quarant Podcast. Bye, everybody.